Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. And we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018, number 11 in the country. And we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Give us a follow. What? Like the page, all the stuff you're supposed to do on social media. So another volatile week here, right, ladies? I mean, it seems like it's like every day there's something new happening in the world of finance. And we've got a couple things we're going to unpack here today. One will be an interesting question about inventory here in a second. Federal Reserve meeting predictions for later in the week. And the fear in the marketplace that agents are seeing right now. I'm going to get into that pretty heavily in the third segment. But let's first start with last week's housing market tracker, courtesy of Housing Wire. And there's some really good news in here. I think a lot of people are underestimating this. Weekly inventory increased by 1,734 homes last week. This is the first increase we've seen since early January. And we're coming off weeks where it was like, we're down another 6,000 units. We're down another 6,000 units. So to see inventory go the other way, do you think we've hit a bottom with inventory? Is it going to come up here? What do you two think? I see some interesting looks at each other. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's going to come up here. Um, hopefully, within the next next like two weeks. I've noticed. I've noticed more inventory. Um, as for the most part, though, it does things go under contract so quickly, mm-hmm. and and the offers. There's just so many offers on on you know particular homes so i'm very hopeful because i've i've seen the increase so i i really believe that in the next couple of weeks we're going to see more yeah so you both believe it so let's see what logan motoshami had to say because this guy i feel like all he does is just watch the housing market all day i was watching his instagram i I follow him there he was up at like two in the morning for like a 5 a.m hit because he's on the west coast so Here's what he's saying about inventory, and there's um, some Altos research data from last week, and the big question is, are we starting to see the seasonal increase in spring inventory? Um, And he's saying there's good and bad news. The good news is we saw a slightly increased number of active listings, which we're all kind of excited about here. That's very clear. And last March is when we saw the seasonal bottom before inventory took off, so uh, although it's not normal, this is better than what we saw in 2021 where we didn't hit bottom until April. So, again, it's uh, we, we saw about a 1,700-unit increase nationally. The same week last year, um, we saw a decrease, and then the bottom for 2022 was 240,000 homes. Right now, we're about 414,000 properties. So if we see this trend continue, what advice are you giving to sellers and buyers? What, what are you saying to these folks? Because what, what I liken this to is if you remember uh, during the pandemic, we were looking a lot at like showing activity and how it just it, it cratered. And all of a sudden there was that little blip mm-hmm. in, in May. And it was like, wow, it went up. And it was the, we were the, like the last state. And seeing that slight increase tells me that all this inventory hopefully is going to get unlocked here. And it's not going to be a lot of it. I don't think we're going to see this like massive amount of homes come for the market. That's not even close to what we're saying. We're just talking about more homes. Yeah, I mean, I'm advising sellers to 
to get it up now. I mean, when you have less competition as the seller, you're going to get all of those buyers coming to you um, and you're going to have have more opportunities. So if you're, you know, thinking about listing this spring, I'm advising like get going now. Definitely. Definitely. Because just because, you know, if you want if you make the decision to list your home, it takes time. Mm -hmm. You have some prep work to do. So it's going to it's not going to be tomorrow that your house is going to be listed. Um, And for sellers, they they can pretty much dictate when they want to close, you know, if they need Mm -hmm. a lease back. So there's many options for them to stay in the house longer. Um, But the prep work is real and it does take time. So make the decision to list and then work backwards from the calendar. And then you'll come up with when you need to hit it on the market. Right. All right, so you're you're both saying you want to get the home on the market sooner. Yes, <laughs> Excuse absolutely. Me. Sound like you last week, Sarah. Um, <laughs> so, what, what I'm clear on is that this is gonna if there's any sort of positive inventory data, it's gonna unlock more because there's so many sellers that are saying, "Why? Well, I'd like to move if I want to move if," and they can never find anything that they want, and it's been such a challenge. I mean, how how many folks have you talked to that have had that story? They're saying, "Sarah, I'd move only if I could find this home," or "Stacy, I'd move only if I could find something like this." And because there's a couple moving parts with owning a property, it's not like you're a first-time buyer to just buy something. A lot of these folks like to have the next place lined up. They're just afraid to start the process. So do you think that would unlock more? Like, what's that going to do for consumer confidence? Because there is a upstream effect here that, that a lot of people are discounting. Yeah, I mean, I know of, like, currently for me right now, at least three clients that I've been talking to that would be sellers but first want to line up, you know, where they would be going. Um, so if we can get some of these things in motion, it does have that ripple effect where then, you know, more things, more things open up, but, um, you know, they're, they're all pretty specific about, you know, what it is exactly that they're looking Mm -hmm. for. And none of them are in the position where they have to do it now, you know? So there isn't the sense of, of urgency there. Yeah. That makes it a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially if they're looking in a very specific area that homes don't come on the market very often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That can definitely make it uh, a little bit more uneasy. But I think sellers, they they do want to have a sense of um, certainty that, okay, this is where we're going to go and this is what we're going to do so that they can plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. And But sometimes you have to take that leap, you know, mm-hmm. that risk. And because once you... Sometimes I find that once you put something in motion, Mm -hmm. it tends to continue that motion and the outcome, you get the outcome that you want. Sure. Sometimes you just have to throw caution to the wind. Uh, Some people don't have that level of risk, though, risk tolerance. Um, So I can totally understand and relate. But for the sellers that do and they know, okay, you know, we're going to put the house on the market, see what happens. And say they get offers. They don't have to accept offers. Right. Just because they get them. Right. They can. They can negotiate the terms of closing. Mm -hmm. Do they need a lease back for three to six months? What is it that's going to make them feel most comfortable? Right. But they have to put the plan in motion. Right. We're really going next level here, Stacey. You're quoting Isaac Newton's first law. (laughs) An object in motion will stay in motion at constant velocity, which is pretty wild. So amazing there. Um, I, I do agree with that, that once you get people down the path, they're so much more likely to transact. And... The current market conditions, what I've seen, it's created a lot of like paralysis and, and, and there's so much fear out in the marketplace right now. And it's not just a, it's, it's not just consumers, it's agents, which we'll unpack later. 
but people are just afraid. They don't know what's going on. They're getting all this mixed messaging. We're going to talk about the Fed next. And as a result, what ends up happening is they, they don't have the right information. So to, to give an idea, I, I, want to, I want to actually give some local market stats here. So the inventory increase we've seen in Chester County, we've seen a 9.3% increase through the end of February in new listings compared to the month of January. So we saw wow. a 9.3% bump there in new homes that got listed. In uh, Philadelphia County, city of Philadelphia, so there we saw a 6.4% decrease from January to February in new homes listed. In Montgomery County, we saw a 5.7% decrease in new homes that were listed. And in Delaware County, we saw a 13.6% decrease. So we're seeing it kind of a little bit on, on both sides. Now, obviously, the data we're getting is in real time. We typically get the county data that's a little lagged. Inventory, though, dramatically is higher than where it was last year. I mean, you look at just the the, num- the same week last year in 2022, we saw 247,000 homes available compared to 414,000. So that's where we are right now. So it is going in the right direction, and that's what you know pe- people are, aren't, aren't necessarily getting in, in a lot of cases. So uh, with that bump in inventory, what we also saw is that the mortgage rates came down. Right. Yes. So um, and we had kind of predicted this last week and it se- it looks like the 10 year uh, yield. It's it's like not willing to go past that, like three point four mark. That that seems to be that's that's the line. It's not going to move past. And I would argue that's probably because the Federal Reserve's move this week is being forecasted and baked into pricing. That's just a, an observation. Uh, but we saw rates come down. We're at three point seven five percent today. So. Is that going to help the inventory issue? Is that going to hurt it? Is it going to, I mean, obviously it creates more demand. I think this is good for everybody because I think people are, there's less fear coming back to the market than if rates were at seven and eighth. What do you two think? I think it's positive uh, for both buyers and sellers because as long as the rates come down, it's going to give them some hope. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, great. You know, at least they're not ticking higher. Um, but there is still, you know, with these bank failures, there's still a lot of uncertainty and people are very nervous about that. Um, but for the folks that are motivated and have a real need and reason to move, I think this is really, really positive news. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great being able to like reach out to the buyers that you're working with and, you know, let them know like, Hey, did you see what just happened with rates? You know, um, especially if they're actively looking, you know, putting offers in on places and in a position to potentially lock in this rate where it is now. Cause I, you know, we don't know where it's going to, where it's going to land at. Um, and yeah, for sellers, it's amazing news because buyers have more buying power and, um, you know, can, can go up with their offer. So it's, um, it's good news for everybody. Here, here's what I, what I see with the, with these rates is that you got sellers right now. We, we were just literally talking about this and agents are so rate focused. They're not talking about how people actually buy homes, which is with a monthly payment. So the real question for a lot of folks is, if I can get the payment to fit into your budget, then do you want to know about the property? Anyone listening that's an agent, I'd write that down. I wouldn't change the script at all. A lot of people say they want to make scripts their own. Don't mess with that one. If I can find a home that's within your monthly budget, then would you want to know about the property? Plain and simple. Because everyone's talking about rates. We've talked about you saw double-digit rates in the 80s. We saw 6 7% in the early 2000s and these rates it's when they get to seven that's where the hesitation happens keeping current matters does a really nice job with like a a a graph about this where 
you can literally chart and see when rates get up into that seven range. It's like the demand drips uh, mm-hmm. or drops off. Excuse me. So with all that, I, seeing that these I'm clear the bank failures had a lot to do with rates coming down. It's also mm-hmm. dampened uh, or, or tamped down what the Fed's going to do next week. So that's good news. Um, so we've seen homes are a little more affordable, still obviously not as affordable as they were during the, the heyday of 2020 to 2022. We also saw purchase application data increase 7% week over week. So what does that tell you too? People are going under yeah. contract. They're buying. Great observation. <laughs> well, I think it shows that there's not as much fear out there as you think. And there's plenty of homes that are going to sell. If you're a seller, there's people out there that want to buy, especially with rates coming down. So it, it's it, all, all of this tells me that I'm clear we're going in the right direction as long as you know how to educate your clients and how to have real conversations with them. So we've got this purchase data application is up. We've seen the 10-year has come down, and obviously the 30-year fixed has come down as a result. And we're, we're, we're hoping we've hit a bottom of inventory. So what advice are you giving people right now? So knowing that this is all happening, it's March 21st. I think a lot of folks aren't, aren't really cognizant of, like, what the time of year is and, like, the conversation you need to be having with people right now. You went through an, uh, a bidding process the weekend. I know you did, too. I mean, wh- what are you saying to folks right now, buyers and sellers? Uh, well, the two folks this weekend that we put offers in and we did not get our offers accepted, um, what I'm telling them is to stay in the fight because it we will get this done. Um, each time that we go up to bat and put offers in, it gives them more confidence and more experience. They know exactly you know, how they're going to craft their next offer. It's just Mm -hmm. that there might be a certain nuance that, you know, an offer came in at the last second that beat ours. Um, But my, I'm here to help them stay in the game and to keep them focused and positive on what they're trying to do. They both have real motivation. So I'm, I'm convinced that uh, we're going to be able to get the job done for them. Well said. Yeah, I mean, for for my buyers who also we did not get our offer accepted this weekend, um, we were second in line, which, you know, doesn't make you feel a ton better. But, um, you know, just making sure to give them the right information as to, hey, this is this is what it's going to take to win at like most likely, you know, to win this to win this offer um, or to have your offer win out over the others. Um, If that's above the threshold of what you feel comfortable with, that's fine. Um, but based off of, you know, the comps, the data, the level of interest, you know, all the different pieces that we all factor in as we're looking, you know, property to property, just providing them with that and giving them my, the best advice as to, you know, where all this is going to kind of fall in and, and what it would potentially take to, to come out on top. The, the, the technique of focusing on payments, I think, is going to be so important for so many people because you're never going to yes. see these 2 3% rates. It's just not happening. Right. And it's not just the buyers. It's also the sellers, right? You've got someone that's downsizing. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with someone about this today. They're looking at, hey, what's my cash flow? What's my budget? How much money am I going to be spending? Because I'm sick of taking care of this place. They've got that motivation. Recession power rule number one. Your motivated clients matter. If you don't have motivated clients, then you're already in a lot of trouble. And that's good or bad market. It doesn't really matter. So it's breaking it down in terms that people can understand. I saw another article on Housing Wire. I didn't read it where people talk too much mortgage with their people. They use all this like jargon, like LTV. You know, like imagine if someone came to you and started before you got into real estate, Sarah, 
Would you just automatically tune them out? Or oh, what, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's the, the, agents don't know how to talk to people in a way they can understand, and they use so much industry jargon that I, it overcomplicates it. It's like the person that talks mm-hmm. themselves out of an appointment. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. set the appointment, and they won't shut up, and they keep, and they then they go through all the stuff you want to go over at the appointment, like. Well, your monthly payment comes in here and blah, 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 blah. And it's way too much information. Folks got to adjust how they're speaking to clients in ways they can understand and ways they're going to benefit them. And if they do that and and can interpret this data in a way that's going to make sense for buyers and sellers, it's going to go a long way for them. That, that's going to be one of the most critical plays to run the next three, four months here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can tell, you know, you do have to, you have to talk to people on their level. Right. So, and you can tell if you're losing somebody, mm-hmm. you know, you can just watch their eyes glaze over and yep. you're like, okay, let me take a couple steps back and really break it down into smaller chunks. Right. Because it is, it's confusing. It's overwhelming. It's like a barrage, it, you know, a buyer console. You're just, there's so much information. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know it. So that's yeah. why it's easy for us to just rattle off these things. Right. Um, but for somebody who's just consuming it for the first time, it looks like they're just oh, deer right. in headlights, you right. know. So you have to really just chunk it down and take it much smaller steps. Right. Well, and, and what, what I mean, it's it's no different than like, have you anyone talked themselves out of a sale with you before? Like you're buying a car or you're buying and then they just won't shut up yes. and they keep going. And it's like, all right, guys, <gasps> I'm, I'm out. Yes. Like. Stop yes. talking, please. Like, I, I, I was a yes, and you turned me into a no, and <laughs> yes. it happens all the time. So, you know, for, for agents that are out there, I mean, we, we talk about this every week. This is available on Housing Wire. This article drops every Monday from Logan Motoshami. I'd be reading this and explain what it means to your clients. I mean, if you're telling them, hey, we saw the first inventory increase since the month of January, that gets my attention as a buyer. That gets my attention as a seller. When we had these interest rates drop, right? But the amazing thing that we found is there was people we were calling that we were working with that were shopping for homes literally in the moment and had no clue rates came down, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, that's that's the kind of information that people need to have right now so they can make well-informed decisions, especially when it happens on a Friday and you get two days to find a house. Mm-hmm. I mean, then you can lock in over the weekend and it gets really exciting. So the the, the message here is that, one, hopefully we have hit a bottom with inventory. That would be very exciting. Two, rates look like they're going to – kind of stay around this area. We're still seeing demand with purchase data application. So how are you communicating that with clients and can they understand it? That's really the biggest thing every agent needs to know. And if you're not doing that, you're doing yourself and the clients you're trying to serve a major disservice. Totally agree. Yeah. So we're going to take a break there. We're going to come right back. Big meeting kicking off I think right now, actually, or in a couple minutes here at the Federal Reserve, they're they're having their next meeting here. It's looming large. We'll break it down next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com. 
www.thepowerhouse.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool.com. Sell your home for more, and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacy Mitchell. And we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and uh, since 2018 and number 11 in the country. And we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. You you two never let me down on the read. You always seem very excited with the numbers. I mean, I, it goes a long way. Like, I mean, Stacy's clapping. You know, I, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. In, in all seriousness, it's exciting. A lot, a lot of pride yeah. in in our organization. That yeah. that's the Ooh. thing that matters. So very cool. With that in mind, so we got this Federal Reserve meeting coming up. I think Jerome Powell could be the most hated man in the country at this point. <laughs> I mean, it, it's and after his comments a couple weeks ago before the banks failed, I mean, people were like. Dude, back off. I mean, and I've never seen so many senators that are in the political party in power get angry at the guy that their own party appointed. And I'm not, mm-hmm. this is, I'm, I'm, my political color is purple for the record. Right down the middle, that's what we're looking for. There, you know, it goes both ways. But that was, that was unusual it with, was with, unusual. with the senators that were giving him a, a lot of, uh, I don't even know what the right word is, a lot, a lot of grief about what's going on. So with that in mind, the Federal Reserve, they're expected to hike rates. There's a 73-plus percent chance, according to CME Group, that they will hike interest rates by 25 basis points. What do you guys think is going to happen, first and foremost? And then I also want to unpack everything besides housing this is going to affect because there's a lot of impact here that folks don't realize. Well, I definitely think they're going to continue to raise the rates um, because they're they're just not – they didn't even have a – you know, a peep about 
just pulling it off and stopping, taking a pause just to let things, you know, calm down and settle Mm -hmm. down. No, not even a hint of that. I think they're going to at least do, you know, a quarter of a point. But that being said, I mean, obviously it affects everything. And it affected to the point where we had these bank failures. Um, Mm -hmm. And... Specifically the bank failures. I mean, SVB, and I don't mean to cut you off, Silicon Valley Bank, they were... One of the reasons they failed, they had three different asset types. Crypto, okay, get that. VCs and tech funding, sure. Bonds that were sensitive to interest rate hikes specifically. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, so the the interest rates hiked. <laughs> yeah, and, many times. <laughs> so they were underwater, and people wanted their money. So there was a run. I, I heard that it started like by a tweet by somebody saying that they were going to pull their money out, and it was mm-hmm. a very large amount of money. And unfortunately, that's all that it needs to take in in this climate here because it's kind of like monkey see, monkey do, you know. Um, And then other folks were trying to pull their funds and pull their funds until they ultimately had no funds to to liquidate. Mm -hmm. So there you have a bank failure. Now, are we going to have another one? Because the rights are still going up. There's still a lot of uneasiness. There's still a lot of, um, you know, there's still a lot of tension out there so it it could happen and it affects everything it affects the credit card interest rates so people are having a hard time with the inflation rates they're not moving down to that two percent that magic number that they're looking for um although i just read that amazon's getting ready for another massive layoff Mm -hmm. i think i read they're going to lay off like eighteen thousand people so that you know the layoffs that's what the fed wants Mm -hmm. you know they want uh, the unemployment rate to increase, which it has not been doing. It just seems like that no matter what they do, they're just it's just not working. It's going in an opposite direction. It's having an opposite effect, and they just keep throwing more wood and more you know lighter fluid on that fire. Yeah, I mean, I feel like what they've been clear about this whole time is we're going to keep raising rates, mm-hmm. and you know, even the you know if it was predicted that it was going to be 50 basis points before and then all of this happened with the bank failures. And yes, they've, you know, potentially now they're just going to do the 25 uh, basis point increase. It's still an increase and they're Mm -hmm. still doing it right after all of this happened. So I think they're going to keep on keep on going with it. Keep on destroying the economy. (laughs) Well, and I I didn't check the uh, CME group uh, uh, predictor today it's up to 84.9 percent that we're going to see a 25 basis point increase and what people aren't talking about is i mean you're you're talking about people getting laid off and we've seen massive massive layoffs Mm -hmm. what other other, there's other ways this is impacting the economy so rate mortgage rates have come down i mean that uh, but the average credit card rate is now north of 20 percent it was 16.34 percent one year ago wow yeah so i mean you're talking about a basically a 25 percent increase there um we've also seen that the uh, student loan rates have gone up. They're now at 4.99% compared to 3.73% last year. Now, those are fixed, so it doesn't affect the current borrowers, but anyone going to school right now, I mean, it, it, it's so expensive. And then on top of that, I mean, you're, you're having to oftentimes borrow money to, to pay for it, so that's a whole other issue. Um, auto loan rates are at 6.48%, up from 4% a year ago. Wow. So they've almost doubled. Uh, or not, they've gone up by more than 50%. They haven't doubled. Um, actually, it's not that far off from a double. But it's, uh, it, so, I mean, they, they've gone up pretty dramatically. That's on a five-year. 
Deposit rates at banks are now 5%. I, I haven't seen a lot of that being advertised, by the way. I don't know where you're getting – that. this is what the CNBC says here. So it's not just housing and mortgage rates that have gone up. It's day-to-day living. I mean, think how many people mm-hmm. just use their credit card to buy things in their day-to-day, and now all of a sudden rates are higher. Um, auto loans are higher. So there's a lot of money that's getting cost to consumers here just in financing fees. And then on top of that, you have – these layoffs happening, even though it, it hasn't really helped the the unemployment uh, numbers and and it's inflation still going up. I mean that that's really what it is. So obviously, I think all of us kind of agree we'd love to see the Fed just like stop raising rates right mm-hmm. now. Um, yes. Is are our mortgage rates going to go up after this meeting? Like, what, what what do you think happens there? I mean, I'm pretty clear that it's already baked into the pricing because everyone kind of knows at this point what they're going to do. Uh, but I'd like to get your take on that. Yeah, I mean, I don't see a significant change from just, like, this meeting. Um, I do think that that's already been planned for um, to some degree. Um, You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was, like, a little bump, but I don't think that just this meeting alone is going to do anything major. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think they're going to hold steady where they are and just remain there. And I think that'll be okay for the housing market. What's the commentary going to be like after this meeting? Are they going to say, hey, we're not done yet? Is this going to be the last rate hike we see? What What do you think the plan is, let's just say, over the, the second quarter? I, I think they're going to say they're not done yet. I think so, too, especially because it's not going to affect the inflation rate. Right. That's all they're focused on. Right, right. The inflation rate, you know. So until that changes in the right direction for them, yep. I mean, it has been ticking down, but not as aggressively as they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is their main focus right now is that that number yep so the next read of the consumer price index comes out on april 12th um that's with the march cpi data so uh i i i'm a little worried here this is going to continue and it just doesn't seem like they have any plans to do anything they don't want to listen to the senators and and the folks that hold them accountable if you will accountability in Washington is a very loose word. Um, I mean, it's, you know, you can get away with a lot of crimes there and still have your job. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when do you think this stops? Like what, I mean, you know, we play this out the rest of the year. Are they going to stop over the summer? Are they going to stop in the fall? Are they not going to stop at all? Like what's the end game here? I don't think they know what the end game is. Right. I mean, honestly, I think they're just going to keep going. Um, I, they haven't come out with any kind of, a different type of of uh, way to go about how to analyze the economy and what's working and what's not. You know, when your sole focus is just on that inflation number and you're not paying attention to anything else and what else could be driving that inflation rate, like right. the energy costs that trickle down into everything, every little thing that we consume, mm-hmm. it is wrapped, you know, there's an energy cost involved in that mm-hmm. to, to transport goods everywhere. So, you know, that's not even on the radar. So I don't know how else they're going to get these the inflation down. Right. I mean, I think until we hear them propose some other ideas, solutions, other things that are kind of factoring into all of this, if it's all just inflation, they're going to, I think they're going to keep going because that's what they've said that they were going to do and it's mm-hmm. what they've done thus far. <laughs> well, and if you look at the consumer price index data that came out last week, uh, it rose four-tenths of a percentage point for the month so this is the January uh, or this is this is the February data that gets released in March and that put the annual rate at 6%. So we we still got 4% to go here. I mean, you it's basically got to come down by 2 thirds 
And they were in line with a lot of the Dow Jones estimates. And then if you look at like core CPI um, rose a half a percentage point and was 5.5% on a 12-month basis, slightly ahead of the estimate, but the annual was in line. I mean, it looks like it's going the other way. They're just it's mm-hmm. they're there's a lot of micromanagement of this going on. And that's what makes me nervous here. And I, seeing what happened with those hearings before the bank crashes, I mean, I, I was shocked to see some of the people that were arguing mm-hmm. with Jerome Powell because you would you would anticipate based on their profile they would be on the other side of this. Do you think there's going to be more of this? I mean, do you, do you think there's going to be more outrage? I mean, what, what what's the reaction going to be from consumers and from the senators that are supposed to keep the Fed accountable? Well, I think that as long as the constituency is feeling the pain and they know that what the Fed is doing is not working and those constituents can voice their opinion to their representatives. And I think that that's why you saw that last week, you know, those senators pushing back um, because people are becoming more outspoken about it. And they're realizing that you know, this is not working. Things are really out of control. You know, if you're using your credit card to purchase, make grocery purchases and stuff like that, and there's no way to pay it down enough. And with the interest rates going up, you just watch your balance go higher. Right. So just paying interest on your credit card gets you nowhere. So I think that people are becoming frustrated in that sense. Mm -hmm. So I think that that our representatives are getting more pushback than they did before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's going to be the difference. I I think people have to really, um, you know, they have to make their voices heard to the to the representation so that they can, you know, get in front of these folks and shake them up a little bit. They live in their bubble, mm-hmm. and when you don't get outside of your bubble and you actually don't make these purchases, you don't buy gas, you don't, you know, you don't do your grocery shopping, you don't go out yeah. <laughs> out for a snack and actually pay for it. Right. Then you really don't have any idea. Right. Because I mean, I think that a lot of people these days, unfortunately, they're having to use their credit card to make ends meet, not to because an emergency came up. This or, is a great point. Like mm-hmm. it's this is what they are now relying on just to get through from like paycheck to paycheck, um, not to like get points or the benefits of using the card and then be able to pay it off at the end of the month or, at, you know, the next time that they get paid. It's this is now something that they have to utilize just to to keep going. And they're watching that rack up. Um, and this has been going on for, you know, quite a while now. So it's it's not just a little blip. It's not just, you know, this was a bad couple weeks. Um, and I think people are, just like Stacy said, starting to really voice their opinions about that. And um, yeah, it's it's tough. <laughs> Inflation's not transitory. I, I, and I don't see the inflation data. I mean, even let's say m- magically it starts to go the other way rapidly. I mean, we're not going to get the data for another, like, even if it, right. even if March is great, which I don't know is the, I have no concept of this whatsoever. We're not going to hear it till April. Mm-hmm. And by the time that happens, it'll be like, oh, it's too early to tell. Or I mean, it, it's uh, you know, it's kind of that 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 same old thing over and over again. So it, I, I anticipate this going well into the second. I could see at least another two or three rate hikes. Unfortunately, I would prefer zero more. Right. I just don't think that's very likely. I agree. Yeah. I prefer zero more too, but they're not listening to us. Right. <laughs> I would not want to work in Washington ever. So no. I have no problem that they're not listening to us. So. <laughs> Um, with all that in mind, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the fear that agents are seeing in the marketplace and what they need to be doing right now to 
charge the storm and play offense and still run a profitable business. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. Mortgage America is I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Main Line, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018, number 11 in the country, and we are streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So we've got... Something I found pretty interesting. I actually heard this from uh, a CEO of quite a large real estate company, and he had one of his million-dollar producer, meaning they made a million dollars, and they sold a million dollars, big difference, had come to this person in confidence and said the following. I just want to get your reaction first, and then we can kind of deal with this here and unpack it. I'm really scared about what is going on in the industry right now, and I'm having doubts on how to move my business forward. Things are harder than they have ever been, and I know I need to make adjustments to stay competitive. But I like the way things were, and I'm not clear on my next steps. What do you think about this, ladies? Well, one thing that you can be sure of is that things change all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in this market in the past couple of years, it's been a roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. up and down. You can't predict what's going to happen. 
Um, I'm not sure. I wish there was a little bit more detail about what they're scared of. We're not going to get more detail. This is what yeah, we got. I know. So, But if they're really scared about what's going on, then I I would recommend that they they might need some kind of business coach to help them mm-hmm. through. You know, what are they, what's the fear? Yeah. Use fear as your motivation. And um, yeah, you'll have to shake it up. You'll have to do things a little bit differently. Um, I like the way things were. Yeah, it's comfy and cozy, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you got to get out, rip the covers off and get out of bed and you have to do things differently. And if you're not staying on top of your business, it's, you're not going to have business. Right. I mean, I think, and again, we're not going to know this, but if it's like the same type of issue that he's facing over and over again that, that keeps happening, that's like bringing that fear in, um, I feel like maybe role-playing it or kind of coming up with, I mean, it would almost be too easy, I think, if it was just like one thing that kept, you know, standing in the way because... I think a lot of this job is problem solving and figuring out how to work beyond the things that we can't control and coming Mm -hmm. up with solutions and how to still get from A to B, even if there's, you know, all of these obstacles in the way. Um, So, you know, kind of being able to to adjust and to and to to still get there, you know, because it's still transactions are still happening. Things are still getting done. People are still moving. You just need to be able to, you know, be in the driver's seat and and help figure out how to to navigate through it. So my my I'm going to make some assumptions here. My observation is they're scared about the economy. They're scared about the direction of interest rates. They're scared about the uncertainty in the market and that there's going to be less homes that sell this year, even though the commission pool is going to be bigger. Um, and. I think what they're, what they're also scared about is there's all this like disruption happening from the outside. I mean, think of these large companies that are trying to get a piece of the commission pie. And a lot of people have been scared into paralysis where they just don't know what to do. They're, they're, they, get, they get so overwhelmed. They're like, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm going to hide or I'm going to run away. That, that tends to be the reaction for, for most folks. And when that happens, we, we talked about this um, uh, I, in one of our meetings at, about about charging the storm and playing offense, and that's exactly what you want to do in this kind of market. My concern is a lot of the leaders out there, they don't know what to do, right? I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I want to say we're pretty fortunate that we always have a game plan on our team. A lot of people, like, I mean, you're, you probably hear from other agents, like, I don't, I don't know what to do. It's really slow right now. And, and I'm just looking at them like, are, are you kidding me? It's probably because you're sitting around watching Netflix all day and you're trying to figure out where you're going to go to lunch and waiting for the phone to ring instead of running this like a business. And there's there, there's not those adjustments being made. And a lot of folks got really lazy the past couple of years because the market was so frothy. So they wanted people to have high intent instead of having to go hunt for the seller that really has to sell or hunt for the buyer that's really got to buy. And if you're not getting that leadership in your organization, you're probably not in the right place where you're going to thrive in your business. I mean, I, I mean, what, what, what's your take? You guys are dealing with agents all the time. Are, are you seeing kind of the same thing where it's like they don't know what to do? They're, they're just uncertain. They're, they're paralyzed. What, 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 what's happening out in the marketplace? I've actually, I feel like the last couple agents that I've, you know, either gone under contract with or, um, you know, was trying to get under contract with have all been pretty good, um, which is kind of, I feel like unusual that like, you know, I feel like people, the people that I've been dealing with, I think have kind of known what was, what was going on and, um, you know, how to navigate a little bit, but that might just be 
that I've gotten lucky here <laughs> with uh, the people <laughs> I've been working with because I know that's not always the case. Well, I think that um, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see the folks that are doing things to increase their business. Right. They're actually working their business. They're going to be the ones that we're going to be coming in contact with more. Right. Because they're the ones that are still in the business and are thriving. Right. Instead of the folks that were just along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I guess we're just not yeah. talking to the ones that aren't right. doing anything. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they're not that doing I, anything. That does make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I have spoken to a couple of agents and um, it just surprised me that when they say that they're really slow. Because I I don't understand what that means, honestly. Um, but I have to take them at that they're just not getting the business or they're just not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, but what is the reason for that? Right. Are they putting forth the effort and just not getting the return? Right. Or, you know, are they just not getting the those inbounds? You know, like Tom said, they're waiting for the mm-hmm. phone to ring. Right. And that's not going to happen. Right. But I, I've had, I've heard that. Yeah. And it kind of makes me like, what are you doing? You know? Right. Because when you don't have the calls coming in, you have to be making the calls going out, you know? Yes. Um, so and a lot of times you have to make the calls going out to get the calls coming in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Well, right. It, it always happens that way, right? Yeah. Like you make a ton of outbound activity, nothing comes out of it, and then something falls out of the sky. This is right. documented and yeah. proven that it constantly happens. So right. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think what's happening here is that real estate, I mean, we saw the number of agents peak dramatically um, towards the end of last year, up to 1.6 million from a million in 2012. So literally we added 60% more agents. There's not 60% more houses that sold. Right. And now that we're seeing the number of home sales decline and there's people move in and out of the business all the time. I've heard for a couple of reliable sources that at any given month, 5% of the industry gets out of the business permanently or makes a move. That's a lot of turnover. That's just, that's, just, that's on a monthly basis. Right. Wow. So if you compound that, you're talking about what, 12 times. It's 60% of the industry moves every year, basically. So That's a lot. It is. Well, it's because it's it's full of people that don't they think it's going to be easy. They've heard all this stuff before. They want a fle- they want a flexible schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, flexible that you're working 7 days a week, is that the flexibility you want? <laughs> right. And you know, that that goes for everybody. Right. Management included, right? right. Team leaders included. So with all of that, what what are some of the fears that people have right now? Like, what what are some of the fears you're hearing out there? I'm hearing nothing's going on, but let's go let's let's go a little more detail here in the seven or eight minutes we got left. What are some of the biggest fears that are out there, and then how can we overcome them? What's the path to get there? I think uh, fear would be competition. Like, how would they? You know, are you confident in in doing a buyer consult? Are you confident with your listing presentation? Because there is going to be competition. People interview agents. They right. want to get the most out of their money, you know, right. so and understandably so it's their one of their largest investments. So and they're, they're going to interview somebody and, and make sure that they can work with those folks and they feel confident that they're mm-hmm. going to handle the transaction from start to finish without any major glitches. So are you confident as an agent in delivering all the information about what makes you different? Mm-hmm. If they ask you, you know. <laughs> Why Why should I choose you over Joe Schmo over here? What are you going to say? Right. Like if you don't have anything to say for yourself. Uh, crickets. Then, <laughs> right, right, right. And I mean, confidence goes very far, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it does. Um, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I think if you can go in and you can, you can present yourself and what you can do and what your company, how they handle transactions, mm-hmm. and, and you're, you come off with that confidence. That's mm-hmm. everything. You can tell just in... 
you can tell when somebody's nervous. Right. And they don't have that confidence. It right. doesn't make you feel confident that they're going to be able to handle the transaction. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like also if for agents, like if you had, if you have a bad day and you you don't come off super confident or, um, <clears throat> you know, you, you felt like you could have handled something better, just don't let that ruin your day, week, month, you know, like get back mm-hmm. out there and have another one. The next person that you talk to doesn't have to know that you just sounded dumb <laughs> on your last call yep. or got caught off guard because like right. it happens. Like sometimes you're, you get caught off guard by something, a question you weren't expecting or maybe like it's obviously it's so important when somebody, when you're speaking to a client to be fully listening to what they're saying and not try to think of like what you're going to say next or like, but sometimes your mind wanders for a second and mm-hmm. then you're, you're kind of playing catch up. And um, I think just going into each conversation and each new call or appointment with like a fresh attitude and like, let's get this one, you know? Agreed. All great advice. Um, I, the other, the other thing I see that that's really scaring a lot of people right now is you look at what happened in the workplace a couple of years ago. Everyone started working from home, mm-hmm. and, and I, I, you know, you can. Some people can be way more effective at home than others. To me, going into an office environment and treating this like an actual job. The average realtor works thirty-five hours a week, so they're not even full time. And and people don't want to acknowledge that. They they just oh well, you know, I'm, I'm working a lot on the weekends and whatever. Thirty-five hours is thirty-five hours. So. There's lots of people that work all weekend, have two days off during the week, and they work more than 35 hours. So having like a daily schedule, having, hey, I'm going to do this during this time. I'm going to do this during this time. Because when you're working from home, and this happened to me, and, you know, I've got kids and stuff and all that. I mean, it's real easy to get off track from the productive activities that are going to stop you from hitting the results that you want. And, and so many folks, they, 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 they want that flexibility, but what they don't realize is flexibility doesn't lead to productivity in a lot of cases. I think it's got to be almost, sure, you can, you can have flexible timing or you don't have to be in an office like a nine to five, but I, the, the best agents are disciplined and they're regimented and they have a schedule and they're not flexible with their time because they want people to work into their schedule that they want that's going to make them the most productive. And it's this... It's like one of those things, like everyone thinks, oh, real estate's got this flexible schedule or I'm only going to work with people that like me and, and all the, and, and these, I mean, I know both right. of you do not work with people that all like you all the time, right? Maybe they like right. you at the beginning, but I mean, something goes <laughs> wrong. You tell, you give them hard news. And I mean, this right. as a compliment. Yeah. This oh, is yeah, not yeah. a negative. Yeah. And it's when you want that, like, I want someone that wants me for my authentic self. Like, this is not the business we're in. We're right. in the business of getting people houses or getting their homes sold. That's the business. And- Sometimes it takes some really hard conversations, and you got to run it like a business. I mean, I don't, I don't want the attorney that's sitting around in their underwear checking the, uh, you know, the latest laws that came out on a Tuesday morning at eleven o'clock. <laughs> I want the attorney that's in the office, dressed up, ready to go defend and fight for their clients. And that's the approach that most agents don't want to take. And as a result, we're seeing a six point four transaction average just for the people that actually sell a home. That doesn't include the thirty three percent that didn't sell anything last year. Right. Wow. Yeah. And I think if, you know, you like to your point, if you want to be taken seriously, then take your business seriously. For sure. Right. Um, I mean, this is this is a profession. Right. (laughs) You know, it's not like a part time kind of like want to do. I like houses and I'm going to open up some doors. No, it's it's a serious thing. Mm-hmm. Again, you're you're dealing with someone's largest asset, mm-hmm. right? Right? I mean, <laughs> it's high stakes here, right? You know. So, for anyone that's fearful right now, 
as we wrap up the show here, what, what advice do you have for them? I would say you have to, I would say write down, what are you, what are you afraid of? What, what is your biggest fear? Okay. Find that out. Is it, what is it? You are, is it outside factors that you can't control? Well, that's mm-hmm. a whole different thing. And you have to learn how to block out the noise mm-hmm. because there's always going to be that. There's always going to be that noise. Um, and Tom, you lived through 08, 09, you know, <laughs> and, and you were able to, um, you know, to thrive. So thank you. I think that, you know, there's always going to be uncertainty. So if it's outside factors that you're afraid of, you have to learn how to block that out. But if it's you and your business and what you're doing, then definitely reassess. Are you utilizing your calendar? Are you blocking uh, time off? Are you doing income producing activities like making phone calls, door knocking, Uh, circle dialing, you know, are you, are you a foot soldier out there? So, but you have to be honest. Right. And some people don't want to do that. Right. I mean, you know, you have to keep a log every day of what you're doing, Mm -hmm. follow your calendar. Right. I mean, I think that you can, you can make a million different excuses for why things aren't working in your favor, Mm -hmm. or you can just keep trying, (laughs) you know, and um, if something's not working, try it a different way. Um, And not everything is going to have immediate results. So, um, you know, I think put, put forth the effort and, and keep going. <laughs> yeah. The the best, res- the best business tactics never have immediate results. You know, right. it's like taking like a five hour energy when you're trying to get more sleep and like rest up, like that's horrible for you. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's, it's not, not a good thing. And sometimes you need to do that to get through the next like day or whatever you have going on. But the real reason is like, get back to the, get back to a, a disciplined routine where you're sleeping more and, and do that sort of stuff. Anything that gives you short-term pleasure typically isn't good for your long-term health, mm-hmm. whether it's your business, whether it's your actual health, relationships, anything like that. It, it, it's, it's, we've seen this throughout time. So um, you said something pretty interesting there as well that there's not going to be like that quick hit or that magic bullet. I'm paraphrasing here. And, and you've done that with your business where you're out there door knocking every single week. That's not – you don't get like an immediate listing from that. Nope. You were telling us about how you have a listing six months in the making right now and it's yeah. going to be priced pretty well. Well, that, but that's how you win long term, and that's the path to removing the fear is doing things that yourself in 90 days is going to thank you for. Yep. So that's it for this week's episode of Tool Time Real Estate Radio. We're getting played out here. So if you want to follow Sarah, she's at Ty underscore Ty Time on Instagram. You can follow Stacy at the number 2 Mitchco on Instagram. You can follow me at TomTool3RD. And, again, we stream live every single week, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. And we'll be back next week on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.